0: Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security,
1: and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to Business Conversations and today we're speaking with Lisa Evans of Speaking Savvy. Lisa Evans is the founder not just of Speaking Savvy, but of the charity Stories from the Heart. So I'm sure there's a story in there that we're gonna have to explore. But Lisa is an award-winning speaker, certified world-class speaking and storytelling coach, TEDx speaker coach, author and improvisation actor. Lisa works with leaders to mine, refine, and deliver captivating stories for their business and brand. Whether it's the boardroom, platform, Podium or stage, Lisa will help you craft a powerful presentation with compelling business stories that are hard to forget. And I've been having a chat with Lisa, and I know that she can do that. But today she wants to speak about the power of storytelling in business communication and being able to speak with influence. How on earth did you get to start a charity, Lisa?
0: Well, um. It's not a, it's not a registered charity, so I'll just set the record straight uh, there, but when I started my business I really wanted to make sure that I had a giving back strategy as part of that business so I set up stories from the heart which is a sort of a community a space where people can come and be supported and encouraged to step up on stage and share a personal story so quite scary scary stuff to be standing on stage you know bright lights um, cameras action that kind of that kind of thing and all all the profits from ticket sales go to a chosen a chosen charity. I started this in 2016 and since we started, I've been hosting the events regularly in Perth with a sold-out crowd. There's often a wait list for, for tickets. We have a theme each time. And since we began, um, we've had over 160 stories told on stage and raised over 16k for for charity and stories from the heart is also the name of my uh, book series where I help people to also share stories not only on the stage but also on the page through through books so helping people tell stories is kind of my thing as the story midwife which is a a name one of my clients uh, gave me and it's just wonderful to see people sort of transform by not feeling comfortable sharing a story or thinking, oh, I haven't got any stories to share by stepping up on stage and really empowering others and inspiring others in their, in their journey.
1: Indeed, that's uh, an excellent result for something that you started only uh, a couple of years ago. But if I remember rightly, uh, when we talk about fears, the, one, the greatest fear of people is public speaking, so you must see, as you just mentioned, some tremendous transformations in people.
0: Yeah, that's right, Clive. And and it is a, it is a fear that's very real for a lot of people to some degree. You know, most people, um, it's not the thing that they love to do. It's something that they get by, they get through it, but it's not their favourite thing. And other people, it's such a fear for them that they are really unable to move forward in their careers or to go for that dream job or to take that next step because they are very afraid of of speaking and it really comes back to that you know fear of fear of judgment or fear of of looking silly in front of in front of other people but unless people are able to deal with the fear head on and get some support and and training and and mentoring ideally and move forward, then it can really be limiting. I've, I've come across people who have turned down big opportunities to get a promotion or opportunities to become a state leader or manager because they know that that next step involves speaking and they just just can't do that. And of course, as a business owner, if you can't clearly, concisely and confidently talk about your business and what you've got to offer people, then how are others going to find out about the service that you have so that they can do business with you? So it's really, really important for anybody to be able to communicate effectively but particularly in the business community where it's all about building relationships and finding the people who you can help and serve in in sharing what you what you do in a in a compelling way so that they remember
1: yes that's absolutely right because we can all chatter away and and many of us do but uh actually getting the the point of the conversation across is something that many of us have difficulty with. And, you know, as a, well, the TEDx coach, you're a storytelling coach, um, certified storytelling coach, I should say, um, and you've done some acting, you must have a, a tremendous backlog of stories to tell about people who've been afraid and then they've made the change and and what a difference it makes, not just to their business, but to their life in general.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The more you speak, the more confident you feel, the more confidence you have. I don't think you can ever have too much confidence unless it turns into into arrogance but confidence is a wonderful thing you know the more you have the more you get and it kind of just goes around in in a circle and you just sort of feel more empowered and and then when you feel confident you tend to attract the right people into your into your business and it is a wonderful it's a wonderful thing yeah
1: so essentially what you're saying is the the speaking is really only a part of communication because it's, as you just mentioned, in business in particular, you want to encourage people who want what you have rather than people in general, because otherwise you might be having a great big storytelling session to people who really aren't interested. Is that a part of what you're helping people with to find the right words to, and how to express them?
0: yeah definitely and and with public speaking a lot of people sort of think public speaking means you know stage and and one person talking to a a big audience but really public speaking is is any conversation with more than more than one person so it can be effective communication about around the boardroom it could be a a smaller sales meeting it can be what we're doing now having a having a, a talking on a podcast, who knows how many people are going to be listening to, to this, so speaking on radio, talking, making a, a video uh, to put on your About Me page. So it really is more than the sort of traditional speaking at a, at a conference. It's really any form of spoken word communication.
1: Yes, indeed. And uh, in my work, I run across lots and lots of people uh, in business, of course, who some of whom are uh, the sole Uh, operator in that entire business and one of the things they have to do of course is to sell their services and many people find that really really difficult but having been in sales such a long time what I try to help people understand is it is just a conversation and essentially that's what you're talking about it's having a conversation with another person or persons is that right?
0: yeah that's right yeah I mean public speaking takes on so many so many forms it's not simply standing in front of a large audience at a live conference perhaps it can be around the boardroom it can be at a virtual meeting it could be speaking on camera for the media or even making a little video for your about me page. you never know who's going to be on the other side of of that screen or that podcast in 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 our in what we're doing right now so it's really thinking about you know who is going to be receiving the message and how is that message going to land so that you can really appeal to people you know if they're your kind of people you will be speaking their language and you will be you know sharing information that they need to and want to want to hear
1: indeed so as part of your work in helping people express these things uh, how do you go about uh, digging into what it is that they do so that you find their right message
0: yeah so we usually start with their area of expertise which obviously the the client is you know that's that's their knowledge their skills and experience that that they bring but when i'm working with business leaders around finding what i call a suite of stories there's there's sort of several stories that we pull out of the the story bag if you like through a variety of story mining exercises and one of them is the purpose story so you know the whole sort of vision entrepreneur entrepreneur journey story following the hero's journey of well why did they get started in business you know that is I always find it really fascinating uh, what makes people you jump out of employment and and start up a, a, a business and that entrepreneur journey which has got all its it's its challenges and and uh, trials along the way and the ups and downs that makes a fabulous story and uh, as the saying goes you know people don't care Care as much about what you do or how you do it but they are really really fascinated in why you do what you do and I think that as entrepreneurs being able to articulate our why also attracts people to want to work with us if we're the right fit because if you're in a if you're in an area that's very competitive say you're a, you're an accountant or you're, you're a coach even yeah there are so many how do you differentiate and often people will give me a call or connect with me and and want to have a chat about my services. And they'll say, oh, I read about your story and I, I just felt drawn to give you a call and I, I think we'll be a good fit. So if you're able to clearly articulate your story, it means that uh, people are able to cut through that noise and decide straight away whether they think that you'll be a good fit to work with.
1: Indeed, and um, that brings us to a very important, point point in in our conversation because I've had a bit of a read of your story and I'm fascinated by it and uh, also uh, enthused by it. Um, And I find it, I think it's extremely encouraging for a lot of people to learn those stories. What is it that made you jump out of employment and get into this entrepreneurial journey which obviously you're you're
0: knocking over with great aplomb Thank you. Thank you, Clive. Yes. So my my background, my career was as a a, a midwife. So I spent almost 25 years as a midwife. I trained in London many, many years ago and I specialised early in neonatal intensive care midwifery. So it's quite challenging, high tech, very demanding and I absolutely loved it. Brought me so much joy being a midwife. It's a very, very special role and that was going to be my forever job. I migrated to Australia and yeah, I had pretty much the, the picture perfect life until about 12 years ago when a virus destroyed a significant amount of my hearing, just like that, without any warning. And um, I was told that the nerves was, were damaged and there was basically nothing that could could be done. So I was not only coming to terms with significant and permanent hearing loss, but also the realisation that it was no longer safe or practical to remain in my chosen career, and I had no idea what I was going to be doing. I finished off a, an MBA and moved into the public service, uh, where I could sort of still use my health background in a project management role. And it was really challenging to make that make that move from uh, a clinical, very active role into the bureaucracy of the, of working for for the government. And uh, I did that for for a few years. I was very fortunate to get onto a research trial led by the amazing Professor Rajan here in western Australia and I got the amazing gift of a cochlear implant and I began the long journey in learning to hear again in a very different different way um, using the device and that took quite some time and patience and persistence. And of course, if you can't hear properly, you can't speak properly. So I had to learn to speak again as well. And that's what sparked my interest in public speaking. I was spending a lot of time listening to, to sounds to to making sounds to sounding up words to learning to articulate and to to hear in this very different way using some sort of new new neural pathways and I also decided that I wanted to get back some of the confidence that I'd that I'd lost through this experience so that's when I began my public speaking journey quite by accident and I found that I enjoyed it as I learned more about the the art and the science of speaking and and storytelling. And then uh, five years ago, I decided that, um, you know, I had a milestone birthday and I thought, well, do I carry on doing what I'm doing or do I start doing what I love? And at that point I had no idea about anything to do with starting a business, but I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my career really making a making a, a difference and showing other people that you can move from being uh, afraid of, of public speaking and lacking confidence to being able to sort of step up and and serve and and shine on stage through the power of sharing uh, a message to inspire others and to share your own stories, which again you know help help others. So it has been a, a long journey, and certainly learned a lot. Along along the way, um, but now these days I, I help people bring stories into the into the world so that 's how i 've got the story midwife tagline and it gives me equally as much joy you know it 's the route that i didn 't plan to, to take, but often you know the scenic routes that we 're forced to take in life end up being the most incredible. Adventures, even though it takes us a while to, to work that out. So I really believe that I've not only you know, got this new career, but I've also got a really strong purpose. And, you know, as I'm in this phase and stage of, of my life, it's really about uh, creating that legacy that I want to leave. And the more people I can help to become authors and get published in, in, in books or to step up and share their stories on stage or um, live events or on, on TV or, or whatever whatever their thing is, then that that just means that I am, you know, fulfilling this sort of dream, leaving this legacy and hopefully making a difference in the world.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're making a difference and indeed you started out uh, in your, your midwifery, uh, no doubt one of the great things as you've expressed in your story was that the nurturing you were able to provide to those little ones and... As I look at it now, you're still providing the nurturing. It's just that the age of those to whom you're providing it might have changed a little
0: (laughs) that's right yeah i mean being a midwife is you it's it's a coaching nurturing role and uh being there during such a a special time when new life comes in into the world and helping people birth their stories both men and and women is is an incredible privilege that i see as you know very similar in in some ways and i do you know tough love i'm good at tough love and um being, being firm when I need to, but my coaching style is very intuitive and is very nurturing because of my many years as, as a midwife. So I'm able to you know, use those skills and I think that when you do make a big transition, whether it's from employment to business or from one career to another – Often we don't see it at the time but you know in hindsight there are so many transferable skills from from life and my previous career that I'm now drawing on to make my style of coaching and my style of, of speaking and storytelling uh, unique which is what makes me me different and as a business owner in a busy busy competitive world we need to have that point of, of difference
1: indeed you do and uh, I'm sure that uh, nurturing side of you uh, is greatly appreciated by your clients because it it is uh, a confronting thing to learn, to step up in front of people and sprout your story. Not all of us uh, so full of ourselves that we we feel comfortable doing that. So. Uh, having somebody beside us to draw that out of us without bashing it (laughs) into us (laughs) is uh, probably a good thing. And do you see that as you work with your clients?
0: Yes, yes, I do. And once people understand, you know, what makes a good story, how a story works in terms of the shape and the structure and what ingredients they can put into their, their stories to kind of create a whole range of different stories. And then it's important that they kind of see the connection Connection between sharing a, a personal or business story and and the more um making a sort of strategic point which is how storytelling is used in business then it, it also sort of clicks into place and they feel much more confident about the material and then they are able to work on the delivery of that story and really bringing that story to life so it's quite a, a process unlike any any skill it, it's a learned one you know people don't um born natural orators and wonderful speakers. It's, it's like any other skill that if you want to get better at it, you, you find a coach, you get some training, you read up, you, you learn, you absorb, you get role models and you practice and you practice and it takes time and it takes effort. And I believe that there's no such thing as uh, an effortless presentation for when you, when you sit back in the audience and you are blown away by an amazing speaker and how it appears also spontaneous and effortless, then that has taken a lot of effort to 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 get there and to, to keep on honing that skill. And and that craft. But of course, it all starts by getting more comfortable managing that nervousness and moving from a place of it being about me on stage and wondering about or worrying about what people are thinking about me and my content to a place of serving and and sharing through your message that also sort of changes the perspective a bit so speaking really is is serving it's an opportunity to reach people with your your message and hopefully make a difference by offering value uh, when you speak you know it's not about trying to get the sale or or uh, move it to a, a purchase it, it's really about providing information in a way that people are going to remember that information at uh, which they often don't if you give them a business card well, we know where they usually end up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed we do. Indeed we do. So many people, of course, have a story to tell and, and tell the story, which isn't necessarily the best story to be telling. That is, they haven't. we tend to see ourselves in a particular way, whereas our customers and clients or wished customers and clients might see us in a very different way. Are you able to help people work through that to find the right words to use in their story
0: yes yes definitely yeah um, I, I think what one of the important things to remember in business storytelling is that uh, you the storyteller is is never the hero of the story you're always aiming to make your client the hero of the story and you as the the business owner are uh, the, the mentor or the guru or the guide. Those, those words in storytelling are kind of interchangeable, but I like the word uh, mentor. So you as the business owner have the service and the product that uh, when the hero, who is the client uh, uses that, that product or, or service is going to make their journey easier or make them uh, able to more effectively achieve their goal or outcome. So really, you know, we're the mentors. It's all about the hero of the story is our, our clients and their success. So That also makes it it easy you're not saying hey look at me i've got this great service and you should buy my thing whatever that is you're you're saying you know here's here's the hero of the story who was having some some challenges and and was a little bit stuck along their journey and you explore that the challenge and then there's the meeting of the mentor which is you and your prospective client there's an exchange in skills and, and services and then as a result of that Hero uh, with this newfound wisdom or service or skill or tool, whatever it is that they have now uh, got, they're able to carry on their journey in a more fulfilling way and get the outcome that that they that they want. So that's you know there's always there's always a hero and a mentor in every story. There's often a a villain uh, and an, anti- an antagonist in every story. But if you, even if you think about, well, who's the, who's the real hero in in your story? I mean, when I talk about my transformation and learning to hear again with the amazing gift of a cochlear implant, I'm not the hero in that story. And Professor Rajan and the research team uh, are the heroes in, the, in that story.
1: Indeed. So the, the strength of the story often is the subtlety of the story.
0: Exactly, and getting that mix between uh, there needs to be, every story needs to have a challenge. You know, without a struggle, there's no story. So we start off identifying what those challenges are and they don't need to be you know, massive, massive. You know, ordinary stories are the best stories because they're more relatable. So people often think, oh, you know, I haven't done anything amazing, I haven't climbed Everest, I've still got all my limbs. It doesn't have to be a massive rags to riches story. It can be an ordinary everyday journey but what we're doing in a story is we are demonstrating some kind of transformation so by the end of the story you are demonstrating evidence of the main character in the story being different at the end, to how they set out at the beginning along that journey. So it's a simple journey from A to B with those challenges, the meeting of the the mentor, who is the, the, the business owner, and then that transformation. How did the person change as a result of that experience? And then what wisdom can they pass on to others, I have a simple uh, storytelling structure that I use or a framework called the five C's of compelling storytelling, which is a really simple way of um, putting a story together in, in an easy to remember format that sort of ticks all the boxes into in, in what makes a story effective.
1: There you go. Excellent. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment where people might be able to find that. are interested in uh, following you up for further information because we've been talking lots about the story but what makes a great storyteller
0: yes interesting a great storyteller is somebody who is able to be authentic and to connect and engage in in a compelling way so we want to be able to hold people's attention when we are telling a story. And so it's not simply about the content of the story. You could have an amazing story, but if it's delivered poorly, then it's not going to stick. We talk about stories being sticky. So in order for that story to stick, it's got to be told in a way that uh, the voice is compelling the body language is engaging and we can't do that if we're reading from notes so it's about being comfortable putting aside your notes and your script and your computer and just having that you know face face to face a story where you are, you know, using your your voice, the amazing instrument that we all that we all have, and you're using your body and you're telling your story in the first person. You may use dialogue, which helps bring your story to life. Uh, when you get more advanced, you can incorporate characters in your in your story, so that your story becomes like three dimensional. It's not it's not simply he said she said because that can get a little bit tedious for the person who's listening. You really want to make those characters pop because a good story uh, makes people in the audience feel as though they could almost be in that story as one of the characters. So you're trying to draw people in. And you want to start from a place where people who are listening feel that they can relate to the characters that you're describing or the situation that you're you're describing. So content is is one thing. Delivery is super super important. Often people spend a lot of time creating their content. You know they'll pour over every single word and they'll create an amazing slide deck and they'll tweak their words to perfection. But they haven't practiced it. The first time they practice it is is on on stage, and they're so they're so stuck to their script that it just ends up being a read out loud exercise, which is which is not compelling.
1: And so essentially, I, what I'm taking from that, uh, Lisa, is it actually has to come from the heart, and it's all very well for it to come from the heart. Uh, in a raw state, but if you have the skills to add in all those things that you mentioned, then that story from the heart becomes thoroughly engaging, is it? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and it's not about being word, word perfect. I never memorize any scripts, or never advise anybody to, to do that. It's your story, and I mean these are, stories are so easy to retell because they do follow a journey and a logical uh, sequence. And if you're using a, a structure similar to my f- sort of five C's of compelling storytelling, you kind of got that. You've got that framework. You can picture it. So I use storyboarding, I use mind mapping, and I visualize my story. So when I'm learning any presentation, you know, whether it's ten minutes or it's an, an hour, I see that. I see that as like a little movie trailer and, and that is all I need to really be able to remember my story and to feel comfortable and confident that whatever words come out on the day, they'll be the they'll be the right words. Right because they are, as you say, shared from the heart. And also, as a speaker, you need to be able to adapt on the fly. You need to be able to change up your material if you need to. And that means that you need to be absolutely focused 100% on the people who are in front of you if you've got a, a live audience and you need to be reading their cues that you're getting from them you know are they still engaged are they looking puzzled are they how are they looking how are they reacting to your story and if necessary you need to you might need to add a little bit more you might need to pull back uh, a little bit so it really is uh, an exercise of um, spontaneity and and creativity as well and that's where I found that things like learning improv, um, learning uh, comedy and doing a bit of of acting also really helps with the creative side of speaking and, and storytelling and not getting not getting caught out by uh, the words or getting the grammar perfect. We save that for for writing.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Now, (laughs) we mentioned earlier that people can go wrong by uh, not practising what it is that they've so cleverly written uh, in order to have it uh, present well. But what's another area where people often might go wrong when they are speaking about their business?
0: So I think some, some people tend to provide too much information, so like the curse of too much information. When we do that from a, a, a good place, a, a good intention, we want, to, we want to tell everybody everything that there is and we want to give them as much value as we can in the 10 minutes that we've got. But if we overload people with information, they're not going to take any of it away. So less is often best. Keep it simple is probably the first, most easiest principle. And and not not provide not get too bogged down in in the detail because uh, you know what we're doing with that initial conversation is we we want the person to feel compelled to say oh tell me more about that or let's have another another conversation so keeping it short and and simple is probably the first, the first principle, um, and if you follow that, you really can't, you really can't go wrong. Uh, another thing that that some some people do um, that can really detract from a good story is to use too many or use visuals or slides ineffectively. Um, so slides with lots of words on, uh, slides that they're reading aloud from. Uh, you know, aren't aren't conducive for a good story. Uh, a great story is is ideally told with no notes, no slides. But um, slides used well, effectively designed slides, can really enhance your your story and give even more value to your clients. So again, another aspect of 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 communication and and public speaking is to spend some time creating some really effective and eye-popping visuals and, and move away from uh, bulleted uh, lists uh, and too much texts on yeah. slides. Yeah. Uh, the voice is also really important. So working on your voice, making sure that you're, you're loud enough that people can can hear you and that you've got some nicer rhythm and musicality to your voice and, and different pitches and tones so that you're nobody likes sameness so that we want to have that conversational tone just like we have now when we're chatting and we do that we do that perfectly because we're all speakers and we're all storytellers but something weird happens when we put on the hat of presenter all of a sudden we have this sort of robotic monotone voice and you think where did that come from? And it's because we've become self-aware. You know, we go into ourselves, we stop thinking about the, the audience who are in front of us and we're thinking, oh, I wonder, if, I wonder how I look, I wonder how I sound, do they like me, what do they think of me? And then we, we lose that authenticity and we lose that sort of place of, of sharing from the heart because we um, go into that place of, of, of fear.
1: Which, of course, answers the question for itself, doesn't it? What do they think of me? Not very much. Uh (laughs) uh, We spoke earlier, or at least we heard from you earlier, uh, why it was that you changed from your lifetime job to moving into a business. But now that you've been there for a little while, and yes, it's obvious from the way you speak that uh, you're actually enjoying it, but... What level of enjoyment are you getting from being a business person, an entrepreneur type business person?
0: What level of enjoyment? You mean like on a scale of one to 10 or something?
1: Well, one yes. And two. you get to write the scale because, ah. for example, we heard that your lifetime job was actually being a midwife to babies and ladies and babies. That yeah. You are Is it- now being a midwife to, well, <laughs> quite possibly people like me.
0: Yeah, it's a different type of joy. I don't think you'll you'll ever you know, have that same kind of joy as um, bringing a, a baby in, into the world. But I do get a, a massive amount of joy, and I absolutely love being on stage. You know, I'm I, I'm an introvert. I'm a big introvert. I'm very uh, shy, but I love being on stage and it just gives me so much joy and pleasure but of course there's all the hard work at the back end before that takes place and that's where the scale kind of drops back a fair bit I'm uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm still learning around my business I absolutely suck at numbers so uh, all these things that I had to learn from scratch like how to manage a bookkeeping system how to do invoices how to market my business how to Uh, look after the back end of my website you know these are things that don't give me uh, joy but that I know that I have to do and I have to do effectively so it has been a massive a massive journey and I think that this probably would be the biggest transition that as a a project manager in a, a large department Um, If I wanted something paid, you know, that got sent off to the uh, uh, accounts receivable team. If I wanted some marketing done that went to the comms team, you know, I had all these people and, and wearing all those business hats can, and juggling all those balls in the air can be the challenging thing. And that's where discipline focus and some really, um, strict productivity rules if 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 you like is is what helps me in in my business so the joy factor you know the sexy bit of standing on stage in front of people or doing this sort of stuff amazing Uh, back of the business uh that's that's not so joyful but i'm getting there with that learning to enjoy it more
1: Excellent. That, that's what we need to hear is that you, you're actually learning to enjoy it because at the end of the day, being in business is a lifelong uh, vocation and uh, if you don't like it, it's probably a good idea to change. But uh, with help from people like yourself, there are many out there who can grow through all the challenges and become excellent at what they do. Lisa, what is the best tip you've received from a business conversation?
0: I consume podcasts and and audible books uh, in large in large quantities and I, uh, as I said, I I love uh, tips and tools that help me with focus and and productivity. And one uh, book or system that I really enjoyed is Getting Things Done, the the GTD model by David Allen. And I listened to the Audible book, which is read by the the author. And um, it's quite a long book. And there's a lot of detail. And I didn't take on a lot of it. But two things that I took away from that book that I implemented and have stuck with. And the first one is very simple, and that is never share a workspace with anybody else. <laughs> and as soon as I read that, I thought, yes, I'm no longer going to have to be um, adjusting my chair every sit time I sit down. I'm no longer going to have to be moving around the icons on my desktop in my shared computer or my shared office. So I created a, a, a new space. Um, working from home, you know, always has its its challenges. But uh, now I'm completely responsible for my space and I can sit down and get straight to work. So that's been a, a really good, a good thing for me. And the other one from the GTD model is the zero inbox policy. So I've been doing that for almost two years now, managing my inbox rather than letting my inbox manage me and setting up some sort of system of how i deal with with email in a much more effective way than i than i used to so getting things done by david allen is uh has been uh, quite transformational for me getting to be more productive which helps me do those things that are less enjoyable, like the invoices and the finances and the bears and, you know, all those things. Well,
1: well done. Well done indeed. What's the top piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners uh, on the podcast with today, Lisa?
0: I would like to leave your listeners with the advice to get out there and speak about your business. It is the best form of marketing. It's free. Um, you don't need to pay a lot of dollars in SEO SEO, or, or advertising when you can go out and you can speak about your business. You will be making a difference in the lives of others. You'll be offering a big value and helping people to find out about you and, and your business. So, learning to speak effectively about your business saying yes to speaking as often as you can would be my number one tip for your business clive
1: excellent yes there's uh, lots and lots of figures to actually back up exactly what you just said that uh, you're speaking to groups of people is becoming a, a huge part of marketing um, far more now than uh, through history and uh, at at this stage, of course, we're supposed to be doing everything online, but actually getting in front of people works. What a surprise. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But um, before we, wrap up uh, is there an offer that you would like to make to business conversation listeners today
0: yeah i have a speaker success checklist which will help you plan your next presentation um, i've also got my five c's of compelling storytelling so on my website uh, speakingsavvy.com.au, um if you click on the downloads uh, section on the home page it'll take you to um, the pdf of the speaker success checklist and um, some other giveaways that i that I can send you.
1: That's excellent. And uh, on the, is, is there an opportunity for... Uh- a nice and easy to find opportunity for people to get in contact with you directly if they so choose.
0: Yeah. Via the website or email Lisa at speaking I offer a complimentary uh, session to help people um, chat about their, their story or their speaking challenges or opportunities. And I also have a pre- um, presence on LinkedIn. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn because I love uh, hearing and reading about other people's stories and, and businesses.
1: And on LinkedIn, do we find you as Lisa Evans or?
0: Yes, yes, Lisa Evans. Lisa Evans.
1: There you go. That's excellent. So, um, speakingsavvy.com.au and how many V's in Savvy?
0: There are two V's in Savvy.
1: <laughs> excellent. So, <laughs> Lisa, that's been absolutely wonderful. I've enjoyed uh, hearing what it is about conversations that has taken you away from your, your chosen profession and uh, pushed you out there as an entrepreneur. I'm absolutely delighted to have had this conversation with you on Business Conversations. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Clive. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And you can find more business resources at clivenever.com.au.